You are listening to EE Times On Air, and this is EE Times Current. I'm Eric Singer. Today's episode highlights a special report from eetimes.com, but first, today's EE Times Current highlight. Today's highlight is the Advanced Automotive Tech Forum. Beginning March 28th through the 30th, the Advanced Automotive Tech Forum will feature keynote speakers, panels, and lectures that will shed light on the pitfalls and challenges facing new vehicle designs and suggest strategies and solutions for car designers. Explore the rapidly evolving field of electrified and autonomous vehicles at the Advanced Automotive Tech Forum from March 28th through the 30th. For more information, head over to our episode page at eetimes.com. And now, on to our special report. Today's special report is a three-day recap of Embedded World 2023 in Nuremberg, Germany. Our EE Times staff were on the ground reporting on the latest updates at the global platform. Let's hand it over to Nitin for more. Welcome to our daily wrap for Embedded World 2023. I'm Nitin Dahad, uh, Editor-in-Chief of Embedded.com, and I'm here with my colleagues uh, Anne-Francoise Pelle from EE Times Europe and Sally Ward-Foxton from EE Times. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've uh, sort of seen today on day one of Embedded World in Nuremberg in Germany. Um, Should I turn to you first, Sally? What's been your highlight today? So first up for me definitely is go to the Renaissance booth to see AI running on the brand new Cortex M85. It's his first time seeing AI running on this M85, which is absolutely brand new in an as yet unannounced product from Renaissance. So they just have a label over it saying M85. We don't even know anything about it. But they were running plumerized person detection model, person tracking model, which they can do in 77 milliseconds. So 5.9 frames per second overall. It was super cool just to see that up and running. And that's definitely the highlight of the day for me. That's actually quite a good thing because last year they actually announced it and I went to talk to them about that. So now actually seeing it running, that's good. And Francoise, what's been your highlight? Uh, Well, actually, I decided to give a flavor to my first day. I interviewed automotive companies and alliance and foundation. My first um, interview was with the MIPI Alliance, and we actually we discussed the difficulty to integrate more and more sensors, light cameras, and the need to have fast and efficient networks. So they have just developed a new um, working uh, working group and they're working on a strategy to make it more efficient, safe, and to an ecosystem around it. I can tell you more after if you want. Well, we'll definitely read about it in any times, definitely. But um, the uh, the thing for me was uh, really around um, was this the big thing was boards. I interviewed Dev Singh of Qualcomm on their new launch of the integrated 5G integrated IoT processors, software updatable features, and running on four different um, embedded Linux, Windows, Android, and Ubuntu. So I think yeah, those were the key things. But the other big trend for me was everybody's talking about edge AI and vision, but in relation to things like auto- industrial automation, automated mobile automated mobility robotics um and um and then we i also talked to companies like green hill software and ldra on software tools and testing and you know what sort of intrigued me was push button conformance reports from companies like ldra but also the you know, the need which i don't think we talk too much about around tools and debugging and analysis which is actually a quite an important area especially in safety critical and mission critical applications and both of those target automotive, autonomous vehicles, and um, uh, aerospace and defense, and specifically 
uh, I think they were both showing the NXP 32G gold box and the, their RTOSs and there's test systems running on top of that. So those were some of the things. Uh, there's lots more. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Sally? For me, this show, it's all about TinyML. So I'm here looking at demos, seeing people's person detection, people counting, voice recognition, voice ID demos, and I've seen quite a few today. I think the overall trend for me is really seeing what people can really squeeze out of a resource-constrained environment. So whether it's adding a tiny accelerator to do this kind of work, or whether it's squeezing more from the model, or just really making it run more efficiently on this really tiny hardware. It's super cool to see what people can do. I actually ran into Pete Borden from the Useful Sensor. He has a new company called Useful Sensors, and they make these little hardware modules with a sensor and a, a microcontroller with some intelligence there. Some of the stuff they're working on is super cool. They had a cool demo, and they're working on a few more as well. So I'm excited to see what they can do, for example. Well, on that basis, I think I also talked to a company called My Voice AI, and uh, he was showing me how they basically got AI for speaker enrollment and a verification on a sentient uh, Nordic and Arduino platform on the board in 400 kilobytes uh, footprint and each voice print being just one kilobyte. So it's for things like access control and, and voice control. So I think it's around the same sort of applications. But the other one I think I was seeing was RF energy harvesting and light harvesting, a company called Atmosic. I think we've all met them in the past, but they, they moved on from uh, remote controls, which they are into a lot of remote controls, to now diversifying with ARM33 Cortex-M chip, which basically is targeting now more of the IoT. So energy harvesting in the IoT using Bluetooth profiles and RF profiles with yep. Air Fuel Alliance. Oh, well, still on the automotive side, we are actually seeing a big change from the hardware-centric architectures to software-centric architectures. So we see the advent of software-defined vehicles. Um, that's in that context that I talked to at the Eclipse um, Foundation and um, to Michael Pledge. Um, it is really growing. Again, it's he's calling for a change of mindset. Um and he's calling for more open source um, architecture, more open source development and a new collaboration model. And um, um, what is really essential is to to respect the uh, open source definition and open source initiative and not to make it a buzzword and to really work together. They call it a meritocratic organization. And it's really there for the benefit of the consumer, the benefit of the automakers, and um, we'll see uh, software usability, we'll see lower cost of ownership, and so it's really beneficial to all of us. My last thought, there's a little bit about automotive, but not only, um, I would like to say uh, congratulations to uh, GreenWave Technologies because they won the hardware um, uh, award, embedded award, so congrats. Oh, that's good. Well, um I think uh, that's all from us today, and uh, we will come back to you tomorrow with day two. Uh, keep tuned and uh, talk to you tomorrow. Today's EE Times current shout out is to Tech Online. Tech Online is a leading source for reliable electronic engineering education and training resources, providing tech paper, webinars, videos, and more. Upcoming webinar topics include powering and controlling the next generation of mobile robotic platforms and robust industrial motor encoder signal chain solutions. Visit today's episode page to register for these webinars and more. Welcome to 
day two of Embedded World in Nuremberg with us from eTimes and Embedded.com with me, Nitin Dahad, and Anne-Francoise Pelley, and also Sally Ward-Foxton. So we've been busy again today, uh, going around, talking to lots of companies, seeing lots of demos. Sally's got some interesting stuff. Anne-Francoise has got some interesting things to talk about. But if I start, one of the themes continuing from yesterday was around um, the edge intelligence, edge vision. And I talked to companies like um, uh, Silicon Labs and um, NXP today, and also other companies looking at those areas. And I think, yeah, one of the things I'm seeing a lot is the IoT chips. And uh, Silicon Labs were talking about, for example, com coming to things like battery-powered AI imaging. And then when I talked to Paul Williamson at ARM, they were talking more about the high-performance Linux-based industrial stuff for IoT. With NXP, I think it was more around the analog system thinking. We'd already covered the automotive announcements last week with EE Times, but I think it was all around um, more system thinking for analog and energy optimization. So I think those were the things, but there's more I can talk about. But Anne-Francoise, you had some interesting things. I tried to concentrate my, e my interviews around a common theme, security, and um, with the proliferation of IoT devices, we have more points of attack for hackers. So I went to see Codasip to talk about hardware security because Codasip really thinks that we need to have um, built-in security within the processors. Codasip is a RISC-V founding member. And um, in, when I talked to uh, Brett Klein at Codasip, he said that IoT device makers are actually not always ready to have security at the heart of the processors. They don't, they're not ready to pay the extra dollars for that. So there's some education around it. And um, so they have initiated um, the Secure 5, Secure Risk 5, sorry, initiative. And they launched the Codacid Lab to support Risk 5 um, international integ integration and to make sure that the um, the, um, customers can integrate safe and secure cores. Interesting, because um, I spoke to Daniel Cooley at Silicon Labs today, and he was saying the opposite. When I asked him about you know, security on IoT, because IoT is a focus, I said, are customers now designing with security in mind to begin with, and are they paying for it? And he said, yes, they are looking to do that. So maybe... Maybe it depends on the types of customers as well. So it's quite interesting. Sally, we'll come to you. So I went everywhere. Um, so today I really have seen everything from the very tiny to just about as big as it can be and, and still be called embedded. Um, so this morning I was at the Green Waves booth. I know we spoke about Green Waves yesterday. They won the award for their part. Um, seeing the audio demos, um, they specialize somewhat in audio so things like spatial audio, where you turn your head around and then the sound appears to come from different places. Super cool to be literally standing in the middle of an orchestra and look around and hear the different things. Moving to. I mean, I was absolutely blown away. I absolutely loved it. The chip is more specialized towards audio, but also neural network processing. Super cool. On the big end, I went to another award winner, Eurotech. Eurotech makes like industrial gateways, industrial edge boxes and software for those. But they had on their booth, the product that they won the award for is a system like this big. They have an Intel Xeon big CPU. They have four NVIDIA PCI Express cards with the big GPUs on. And then they have this liquid cooling in it. It's like this big. You basically put it in the trunk of a car and then drive around to collect data and store the data. And then you can use the data to train your autonomous vehicle 
I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was so compact, the power envelope and stuff. Like, I was absolutely blown away. So really good fun for me. You had an exclusive as well, didn't you? I am lucky enough to uh, to get the scoop on this one, which is I was lucky enough to uh, thank you, Remy, and thank you, Miguel, uh, on the SD booth over SD. So SD have this, oh, it's the STN32N6, so they're adding AI acceleration to their microcontrollers and dedicated AI acceleration. They've been talking about this part for a little while, but I'm the first now to see a demo of it. Um, they had a custom version of YOLO up and running, 300 more than 300 frames per second. It was super cool. So if you want to find out all the details, re keep reading EE Times. And, and Francoise, was there anything else that you looked at that you wanted to cover? Yes, actually. So let's move from hardware security to software security. I went to see a CEA spin out, Trust in Soft. And um, what's really interesting about them is that they... They combine the benefits of static analysis and um, um, dynamic source code, source code analysis. And because it's based on mathematics, the software is zero bugs. The results are guaranteed. And um, what they explain is that their solution enables no false negative, no false positive, and no waste of time for the developers. Interesting. Coming back to Risk Five, I saw quite a bit of the Risk Five community today. So I saw. Rick O'Connor, Open Hardware Group, and Calista Redman of um, uh, Risk Five International, but also I caught up with uh, Phil Dworsky at Sci Five, and uh, it's interesting where you you talk to some of these organisations, and they're very excited about adoption and sort of maturity. And Calista always talks about coming to maturity point, so I questioned her on that. So then we try to get beyond that conversation, but yeah, it is something that I think. Um, Risk Five is seeing a lot now, and when I talk to Sci Five, for example, with the Space Project and uh, and the Google TensorFlow, I think they they seem to be very keen to promote that. Despite, I mean, I did ask a few people about Intel pulling out of Pathfinder uh, for Risk Five, but Phil at uh, Sci Five and Callista basically said Intel is still committed to Risk Five, but not that program. Yep. So I think it's quite interesting. There's stuff we're going to be covering in Embedded.com and EE Times on that RIS-5. So we'll see that later. And I've got some podcast interviews as well with Embedded Edge. But the other real sort of couple of interesting companies, and I think I mentioned these before, MicroE, which is opposite to us, uh, uh, the booth over there. And um, one of the things I think I've always uh, been quite a fan of is when you democratize the, ac the access to technology. And, and they're doing it in a really good way. And one of the things, for example, you can use one line of printf code to see the data on any of your sensors or boards anywhere in the world. And that's quite amazing. I mean, he showed me that, going to be writing about that. And then natural language processing for getting any design queries to get the answers to those. Uh, so I think yeah, it's kind of a chat GPT uh, for, for a design. Not going to go on more, but the, I also met a company called Numonda, which is the new Kimonda. So... We will uh, definitely be covering that. They've got an announcement next week. Memory testing, a tenth of the price of what you can do. But yeah, some exciting stuff today. Anybody else want to say anything else? It was fun. I'm looking forward to being tomorrow. Sally? So much more still to see for me. I haven't even been to the tiny ML booth yet. So yeah, tomorrow, certainly, yeah. Tune in again tomorrow to hear the rest. Well, we've certainly been getting a lot of questions since uh, yesterday's uh, 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 daily wrap. So yes, I'm hoping... We've raised some more to today. Uh, until tomorrow, uh, we'll, we'll see you again at Embedded World. Thank you. Want more industry news? 
Visit us at eetimes.com and follow us at eetimes on air on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Welcome to the final day of Embedded World in Nuremberg. This is day three. So, uh, and first of all, maybe I'll start with you. I've got some thoughts uh, so I can go on forever, but let's start with you. Security is hard, but it's essential uh, from the hardware to the firmware to the software side. Um, um, yesterday, we talked mostly about uh, the hardware and software with two companies, CodeSip and Trustinsoft. Today, I went to the SD Microelectronics booth uh, to talk about their new solution, Secure Manager. They actually leverage TrustZone uh, developed by ARM and that, has the, that provides the PSA certification. ST also worked with a French company, Provenran, and um, that provides the um, core and the security services. And what is really interesting in their solution is that it's the first trusted execution environment and all the assets, the essential assets are isolated, are in the secure zone. So the cryptographic key, everything is in the secure zone, isolated from the application where the potential attacks. So um, ST Microelectronics is considering a deployment in all the STM32. Yes, and Proven Run is also here with a small booth, so that's quite interesting. Sally, I'll turn to you. So I've been to see a couple of, couple of companies doing neuromorphic chips, so kind of brain-inspired, ultra-ultra-low-power stuff, which is super cool. Um, Inaterra, the European startup are here, actually just a few booths away from us. They're offering a super cool because it's analog, like it's actual analog, like your actual brain. They've been around for a couple of years. And the demo they're showing over there was audio scene classification in under a milliwatt, so perfect for always on. They have a new chip coming uh, with double the number of neurons, which is very exciting. Um, they can do all different kinds of time series data. So yeah, it's very exciting to see that actually in analog, um, I think it's crucial. Um, I also went to visit Brainchip today. Uh, Brainchip also quite well known in the neuromorphic space. Um, their processor is digital, but again, we're talking about underneath uh, one milliwatt, or well under one milliwatt. They have a demo on the Edge Impulse booth, which is um, object classification with very low power and very, very fast. Yes, and um, I, I mean, I think we've been highlighting quite a few sort of companies that we found of interest. Should also emphasize, yeah, when you enter into Hall 4A, you really see a lot of activity on SD Microelectronics, on NXP, on Infineon, Texas Instruments, and then further back on Microchip and various others. So it is the show for the embedded systems world. And I think those booths are really, really busy. Audio is quite interesting because I also visited, it was, actually it was yesterday, Synaptics, and they were showing me uh, the new um, audio transducer uh, solution they have, which means you don't need a, a, a speaker in on the phone, so it can be quite encased. Um, that was quite interesting. I think they won, won an award. Um, this, this morning, I went to see Microchip and uh, they've got a new s security solution for disposable accessories because a lot of them now are going to be connected in some way and you need that security. So they were g giving me a, the lowdown on what, what they're providing with that and the whole sort of provisioning service that they provide also to their customers at various levels. One thing that surprised me was they go down to 2000 minimum order quantity where I thought it was just for high volume, but so that sort of opens up a provisioning and security for a lot more smaller companies, which is quite interesting. The other trend, I think, and I'm going to see another company called RT Labs, and they're doing the UFI product, which is basically a layer on top of a hardware. So customers don't need to worry about industrial networking, you know, Profibus and Ethernet, Ethercat and all that. So what that tells me, and from the other people I've spoken to over the week, is there's a lot of, and I think it's been happening over the years, moving up the value chain so that they can help customers who don't have the expertise or skills 
to actually develop embedded systems, the boards, the systems on modules. And then we talked about chiplets this morning as well, especially with edge AI, edge vision, and then connecting that and security. So I think, yeah, that's my kind of final thought. Yeah, it's that trend which keeps moving and moving quite fast. Anybody want to say on that? Maybe on another, yeah. another angle. Um, well, actually, we are preparing the EE Times Advanced Automotive Tech Conference at the end of the month. And as part of the preparation, I thought I would go and to the Nuvatun where they presented their time of flight sensing solutions with in 3D in-depth, 3D depth images. Because when you're in your car, when the, sh the sun shines and the birds are singing, it's all good. But it's quite different when it's it's raining or a thunderstorm. The, the solution claims a good sunlight cult tolerance and motion blur. It's claimed to be efficient for object detection. Sally, what else? So I think my final thought from all of the three days we've been here is about always on. Always on AI is absolutely a thing and it's definitely happening today in many, many places. So when you talk about always on, it's under a milliwatt. So we really are, really are talking about pushing the boundary um, of power consumption for, for small AI models. Uh, you're going to start to see more and more of this coming soon as well. Absolutely. And uh, withstanding the products and solutions we've been seeing. The other thing, big thing about Embedded World, this is the show for the embedded community to come together. And it's been a good opportunity for me to connect with a lot of old colleagues and, uh, and associates. So I think it's been quite a good show for me as well from technology as well as people. Well, on that note, I'm going to close this and um, it's goodbye from the team here. And we'll see you at the next one. Probably next will be at DAC. So we'll see you at DAC. That brings another episode of EE Times Current to its end. Thank you for joining us. EE Times Current is produced by EE Times. The segment producer was Lady Maya Kane. I'm Eric Singer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>